Welcome to the Staying Ages podcast, a show that will equip you with the major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Associate E, also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach, and today on the show, we'll be chatting about how to heal PCOS and increase female fertility from a Chinese medicine perspective. To get this longevity party started, I'm going to give you guys some nutritional considerations for PCOS, and later we will chat with Dr. Florence Lim, a traditional Chinese medicine doctor and acupuncturist. I am so grateful to have each and every one of you tuning into the show from all over the world. Shout out to listeners in Australia, Uganda, Mozambique, South Africa, the UK, France, Germany, Canada, Poland, and the USA. I appreciate you all. If today's show inspires you, I'm inviting you to go ahead and subscribe and please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and write a review. It means the world to me to get feedback, so any reviews are much appreciated. I'm really excited to let you guys know that we've expanded to video. Yes, child, I am back on YouTube as The Raw Girl. And for every episode of the podcast, we will have a video interview where you can watch my conversation with our guest expert for today. So take a moment and go on over to YouTube and subscribe to my page, The Raw Girl. And while you're there, you can check out today's video interview and also the videos from the past two episodes. All right. All right. So today we're going to talk about PCOS. On this podcast, we've chatted about fibroids. We've talked about how to deal with horrible periods. If you missed either of those episodes, please feel free to go back in the archives and check them out. They're they're great podcast episodes. Today, we want to talk about something that's kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum from fibroids, which usually are the result of estrogen dominance. We're going to talk about PCOS today, which can be very complicated and can be very frustrating for women who are going to their doctors and getting different mixed messages and actually usually for years are not sure what exactly is happening to them. So today what I want to try to do is demystify this a bit and then we're going to speak to a Chinese medicine practitioner who's going to explain how she approaches fertility and how she approaches conditions like PCOS. Um, So we get an even deeper understanding from that perspective. So here's the thing. All women have both female and male hormones. In case you didn't know. (laughs) So PCOS actually develops when your ovaries or adrenal glands produce more male hormones than they're supposed to and lower than normal levels of estrogen. This causes symptoms like irregular periods or no periods at all, or pain during your period. This causes many follicles to mature in one cycle, but none can reach the follicular rupture. Instead, they create cysts that cause a lot of pain for many women. And this is where the term polycystic ovarian syndrome comes from. In addition to the pain, PCOS can come with a host of unsavory symptoms. So PCOS can make itself known throughout the entire body, not just in your vajayjay. So if you have PCOS, you may have symptoms like extra body hair on the face, belly, chest, or around the nipples, acne on the face, back or chest, skin changes like creasings or markings around the groin, neck, and breasts, and armpits, thinning hair on your head, 
especially in the middle of your head. If you have sort of like this male pattern baldness, I see that a lot in my practice, mood swings, anxiety, depression, fatigue, sleep problems like sleep apnea or insomnia, weight gain. And PCOS can also increase your risk of developing type 2 diabetes, heart disease, or high blood pressure. It has lots of definitions, but in the most simplest sense, PCOS is the combination of a number of hormone imbalances in the body that lead to certain and specific signs and symptoms. Which hormonal balances am I talking about? Well, most patients with PCOS have some degree of the following either insulin resistance or high blood sugar levels, high testosterone or high androgens, low progesterone or relatively high estrogen levels, and this may come as high estrogen metabolites as well. But this is why some clients with PCOS can actually have fibroids as well because you can be you can also be estrogen dominant and have PCOS. It's it's unbelievable. Usually some degree of leptin resistance and hypothyroidism is another thing that can come with PCOS. And this can be secondary, but is usually still present. And that can sometimes cause some of the weight gain or difficulties with losing weight. Obviously, we can't put all women with PCOS into this box, but the vast majority of women with PCOS will experience one or more of the hormone balances that I just mentioned. So really, It's helpful to think of PCOS as a condition that's on a spectrum. The worse your symptoms, the more of these hormonal imbalances you're going to have. The more hormonal imbalances you have, the more supplements and other things that you're going to need to treat the problem. It is these hormonal imbalances that lead to the majority of the symptoms that PCOS patients experience. Studies have shown that hormones in meat and dairy products upset the balance of female hormones, especially estrogen and progesterone. This hormonal imbalance causes the formation of cysts and increases the body mass index, and it can even cause infertility. Very often, the upset of the hormone balance not only affects the sex hormones, but also the pancreatic hormone, insulin. This is why many people with PCOS also suffer from insulin resistance. So in order to resolve PCOS, what we have to do is look at each woman individually and see what her specific constellation of symptoms are and tailor diet, supplements, and natural therapies to correct the imbalance and provide relief. And as you just heard, one of the first things you can do is go vegan. Get rid of the meat, get rid of the dairy, because we need to remove hormonal inputs so that we can start bringing balance back to the body. The other good news is that there are many people who actually have recovered from PCOS and actually gotten pregnant after struggling from infertility. So if you or someone you know is dealing with PCOS, please sign up for a call with my team via my website, therawgirl.com. We just launched Raw Girls Hormone Balancing Academy. It's in full effect, and I am determined to help as many women as I can who are struggling with fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis, horrible periods, and more. All right, y'all. Well, we're going to take a short break, but when we get back, we're going to speak to our amazing guests. Are you interested in living your best, healthiest life? I'm Asosa E, also known as The Raw Girl of therawgirl.com, and I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach who specializes in helping you discover what exercise and diet is best for your body and get to the root cause and rebalance if you have a serious chronic condition. 
Clients who've worked with me have reversed diabetes, hypertension, balanced hormonally, gotten rid of acne for good, and lost hundreds of pounds. If you are interested in reaching your health goals with some support this year, visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a 20-minute call with yours truly. Until then, stay healthy and happy. I am super excited to announce the launch of the new destination I created for online programs called Staying Ageless University. At Staying Ageless University, we create epic content to teach you about holistic wellness and transformational healing programs to help you achieve extraordinary longevity. We believe that learning is an essential component of healing and creating lasting change, and every one of our programs are created from protocols that I have tried and tested on clients who have achieved optimal wellness by following them. Our signature programs include Staying Ageless 30 Plus, which is designed to help women 30 plus interested in staying fly till you're 99 or close to it, create lasting healthy rituals, and the all-new Raw Girls Hormonal Balancing Academy for women suffering with fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis, cysts, or menopausal symptoms if you're ready to use holistic means to take control of your hormones and get your life back. We also have two new programs that are amazing for New Year's Clean Starts, Detox Your Life, which includes 30-day plant-based detox, either raw or vegan, and candida and parasites be gone for those who are ready to kick candida overgrowth or parasites to the curb for good. Enrollment is now open for three of our programs and we officially launched January 1st, 2021. You can learn more about us and our program offerings at stayingagelessuniversity.com. Hope to see you in class. Today's guest is Dr. Florence Lim, whose interest in holistic healing and wellness brought her to China, where she obtained her medical degree specializing in traditional Chinese medicine after completing a six-year training program at Shanghai University. During the course of her studies, she earned the highest honors in her class in the fields of TCM, gynecology, and acupuncture. She completed her residency at Shanghai's renowned East-West Integrative Hospitals, namely Xu Wang Hospital and Ruijin Hospital, where her clinical studies focused on an east-west integrative approach to treating gastrointestinal, gynecological, and autoimmune issues. Dr. Lim was one of the first in California to obtain a clinical doctorate degree specializing in traditional Chinese medicine, reproductive medicine, and infertility at Yosan University of TCM in Los Angeles, California, where she completed an extensive literature review synthesis regarding the integrative use of Chinese medicine and Western medicine to treat immunological recurrent miscarriage. Dr. Lim has also trained with Dr. Jason and Linda Howe at the Neuroacupuncture Institute in New Mexico, and she uses scalp acupuncture techniques to treat a range of neurological diseases. Dr. Florence Lim emphasizes using an integrative approach that includes acupuncture and herbal treatment, as well as lifestyle, diet, nutritional counseling, and Western diagnostic methods when necessary. Hi, Dr. Lim. Thank you so much for joining Staying Ageless today. I'm really excited to have you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. So, so it's nice, nice to be here. Let's start with, I always like to get just a little background on how people ended up doing what they do. So if you could explain, like, what led you to become a doctor and acupuncturist in the first place? 
So basically, uh, you know, when I was in, I guess, high school, college, I, I've always been interested in health in general, and I have a big, move, a lot of movement background. So um, when I was in college, I, I studied Shaolin Kung Fu and martial arts. And that, you know, that whole practice uh, got me inter interested in energy and just chi and more holistic ways of health. And so, um, so at that time, I was very interested in acupuncture and, you know, how acupuncture works. And so at that time, I, I decided to go to China to study uh, acupuncture and Chinese medicine. Um, and, and also, I think it's also because my, I grew up in a family where my, my mom, she always gave us herbal medicine whenever we got sick. So we never really, she never really gave me anti antibiotics or a lot of Western medicine whenever I was sick. And so I, I kind of grew up with that general knowledge of Chinese herbal medicine. Um, and, yeah. so, and so when I went to China to study um, Chinese acupuncture, the herbal medicine, I, I didn't realize how, you know, how widespread the herbal medicine is in, used in China and, and also how integrated the Western and Eastern medicine is in the hospitals there. And so that whole experience made me really appreciate um, just the use of the herbs together, you know, in the care of patients. And so, and I also, at that time, I also had my own um, gynecological issues. And I used to have really like heavy, crampy periods. And, and so I found, and during, during my studies there, I remember I, I decided to try using some of the herbs on myself and to, to help with menstrual issues. And so, and I found it was like so helpful for me. And so that got me even more interested in the whole gynecology aspect of Chinese medicine. Um, and so then I, you know, th then I got my, my degree and my license. And then, um, and then when I was studying here in the States, I saw that there was a doctoral program for fertility and women's health at, at the Yosan University. Um, and so then that just started my whole, you know, journey, getting, getting even deeper into Chinese medicine for fertility and women's health. Um, and then I started, and then I met my boss, you know, who's at the TCM Healing Center. And so she also specialized in fertility and women's health. So she, so we, we kind of clicked and then it's been, I've been there since then. That's super cool. You mentioned that it, in China, they integrate the herbs very much, even in the hospital setting. Can you break that down? Cause I would love to hear about that. Yeah. So basically in China, it's almost like a Western medicine hospital where you have your different departments. So you have your gynecology department, you have your gastrointestinal doctors, you have your oncology department, and each department, so it's, it's, it's a little bit different from here where, let's say you're at the clinic and you, one doctor can treat, like there, there's no, there's no um, how do you say, differentiation of the different specialties in the hospitals here, right? So in China, you actually have like a TCM hospital where you have the different departments, and each department, they specialize in, let's say, let's say you go to gynecology department, so that, that that doctor, she does, she knows she's experienced in both Western and Eastern medicine. She can prescribe Western wow. medicines if she needs to. She can do pap smear. She can do gynecological exams. And then she also will prescribe herbal, the TCM herbal medicine for the patient. So she usually, she's usually sitting there at a desk or the doctor's usually sitting there at a desk and people line up, you know, one after another to see them and they prescribe, check their pulse, get their tongue, you know, order any Western um, they, they need to do like if you need to do a hormone panel for example and then they get the results and then they can prescribe the herbs right there for the patient 
And the patient goes to wow. Yeah, so, so it's cool. it's very it's practiced very differently. So the the acupuncture is a department in itself, right? So the if a patient wants to get acupuncture, they have to go to a separate department just to get the acupuncture. But most of TCM, I would say, okay. a lot of it is actually the herbal medicine is the main part. Yeah, which I think people here don't always realize, especially for fertility. I think a lot of women only get for acupuncture here. They don't necessarily do the herbs, but in China, it's like perfect. If you're work, working with women's health, fertility, it's a lot of the treatment is actually the Chinese herbal medicine. And then the acupuncture is just kind of an adjunctive or additional treatment. Okay. So I just want to understand Chinese medicine better. So like, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I feel like it's complicated to some degree but I feel like maybe you can break this down for me so that I get it better because I really do think the Chinese medicine is the best thing ever. Like seriously, I don't, I I don't go to anyone but my Chinese medicine doctor for my health problems Mm -hmm. and she solves them in such a short period of time that it's almost like creepy. Whereas I know I would have gone to a Western doctor (laughs) and I would have been there for hours and they would have been confused Mm-hmm. And then they would have given me some medication and sent me on my way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the whole idea of like, what what is the basis of approach? So I understand a bit about chi. I've heard things about five element theory, but I, I don't know if that's a U.S. thing mm-hmm. or if that's a real tenant. Can you break down for me? What is, I guess, the, the overarching, uh, I guess, philosophy that you approach health? So... There's so many aspects to it. Let's see, where should I start? So the chi, so basically the, in terms of chi, I guess, there, you know, here I feel like there's so many different interpretations of what chi is, right? Yeah. Basically, it's kind of like the life force or energy that runs through your body, right? So in Chinese medicine, we can say there's every, there's like, so when we diagnose patients, for example, we can say, oh, you have chi deficiency or you have chi stagnation, you have chi, excess of chi, you know, in certain parts of the body, let's say. You have. So that, so in a way, for optimal health, we believe that you want the chi and the energy to be running smoothly, right? Like a kind of a river running smoothly. You don't want any obstructions in the river. So things like, you know, we tend, we tend to look at the body as a whole, right? So you have different systems in the body. You have the in different channels in the body. So you have the spleen channel, you have liver channel, kidney channel. You want the chi to be sufficient and running smoothly through all these meridians or channels. And when, and there's things that can affect the, uh, you know, affect the energy of these channels. So for example, your diet, lifestyle, whether you're getting enough sleep, stress, all these different um, aspects of life, like where you live, your environment, all these things can affect your chi. Or your energy. Yeah. So when you when the body experiences some sort of stressor, or let's say you're worrying too much, working too much, not eating properly, like these things can affect certain channels, some channels more than others, right? And then that that can cause stagnation of chi. So so for example, you know, let's say women trying to get pregnant, or or um, if she's under a lot of stress and she's working too hard, this can cause we say this can cause liver chi stagnation. Right, they can, then she can. But when that happens, that can give her more PMS symptoms. Or so in general, we just want the chi to be running smoothly. So running the chi smoothly, I understand that acupuncture in itself 
helps to open up those channels and allow the chi to run smoother, right? If mm -hmm. there's blockages to acupuncture, it's like a self-healing tool that then exactly. will help to modulate those mm -hmm. things, right? Mm -hmm. So do the herbs, are the herbs also considered a part of balancing the chi? Yes, for sure. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then each different herbs enter different channels, right? So in the body, so let's say some herbs focus on the liver and heart channels, some herbs focus on the kidney, stomach channels. So. So yeah, so basically the, the the purpose of the herbs is also to create a, you know, help to unblock the channels or help to improve circulation in the channels, you know, help to tonify where there's deficiency or help to remove excess where there's excess energy stuck. Mm -hmm. Okay, so is it too far to say that when you think about it in Chinese medicine that then to be in health means to have your chi flowing freely? in in the right amounts right uh -huh. yes okay so then to not be in health would be to have all these blockages or different blockages in different places exactly either blockage or deficiency or too much or excess in certain areas aha uh -huh. uh -huh. okay that makes sense you want some yin but you don't want too much yin you want yang but you don't want too much yang right so they have to be in the right balance with each other yes balance mm -hmm. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, okay, I get that part. <laughs> so what, let's talk about women's hormonal balance. So then when you're looking at someone who has hormonal balance issues, I have a lot of clients with PCOS. That's a whole thing. That's a whole thing in itself. Mm -hmm. But um, fertility issues, hormonal balance issues, what types of blockages are you typically going to see? Is it going to be different for different people? Or are you going to actually see kind of patterns happening a lot you tend to see i mean you definitely see different things in different people but i think but you and you, but you also see patterns with certain types of issues so for example like women who have fibroids or pcos um well let's say let's take pcos for example so in chinese medicine we see that sometimes women with pcos tend to have more phlegm damp stagnation issues in their body mm. we would maybe consider their body as having being more of like a phlegm damp constitution or spleen chi deficiency with phlegm damp constitution, you know, that's, that's how we would diagnose it. Okay. Any type of cysts or, you know, let's say cystic, whether it's cystic acne or like ovarian cysts or whether it's fibroid type of, you know, fibroids, these growths in the body, we often, we, we see them as like phlegm damp nodules or phlegm damp excess, excess of phlegm damp stagnation in the body. And does that also connect to the temperature of the body as well? It can, uh-huh. Yeah, so someone who has, someone who tends to have cold, more cold, coldness in the body may also have a tendency towards more phlegm damp stagnation, right? It's kind of like, we also like your digestive system, digestive system in Chinese, we see it, Chinese medicine, we see it as like, you know, it's almost like the fire on the stove, the fire, you know, if your fire is sufficient, it helps to process and cook the foods properly, right? If the digestive fire is not sufficient, then your foods don't cook properly. You have all this like water water that doesn't evaporate as it should. So then you end up having all this accumulation of water or dampness in the body if there's if the digestive fire is low. Very, very interesting. So PCOS, the people you've treated before, are you also doing herbs there as well as acupuncture? Yeah, for P for PCUS, you almost you really need to take the herbal teas 
Um, and PCOS is, is definitely can be treatable with Chinese medicine and also, you know, diet modification and, and the, but yeah, the herbs and acupuncture, both, both are equally important for PCOS patients. Love it. Love it. And then what about infertility? Uh-huh. Like what kinds of blocks or things that you see commonly in a woman who says, I can't get pregnant, I'm, you know, or, or they're mm-hmm. miscarrying often or stuff like that? Yeah, th- this is, um, there's so many different aspects to, for, you know, for infertility. So I would say from a TCM point of view, let, let's say, let's say everything structurally looks normal. So they're, if they, let's say they don't have any uterine issues, um, the fallopian tubes are clear, like everything structurally looks normal, but the patient's still not getting pregnant, kind of explain, you know, not being able to get pregnant. So um, then from Chinese medicine point of view, we often, for, for women especially, there's the spleen, liver, and kidney channels are the most important channels or meridians for the, for the body. So we, we kind of focus on nourishing the spleen chi. This is from a TCM way of saying talking like we nourish the spleen chi nourish the liver and kidney yin and yang energy make sure the liver liver chi is flowing smoothly so a lot of women you know because the fertility journey can be so stressful for a lot of women it often causes we we say like liver chi stagnation right so the, in chinese medicine liver the emotions and you know anger frustration all these things can affect the liver channel so when we tell a woman you have a lot of, there's a lot of liver stagnation, it means that there's also a lot of stress and just emotional element to, to, to the infertility. So we, through the acupuncture, through the herbal teas, we try to really balance the spleen, liver, and kidney channels. And then of course, you know, meditation, yoga, things that can help her reduce her stress. That's really important also, making sure she's getting enough sleep. So that's, those are some of the things that we focus on with infertility patients. And then, um, of course, the egg quality too, like egg quality can also be a big factor. So more and more women these days are getting pregnant in their mid to late thirties or even forties. So we say that, you know, as you get into your late thirties and forties, the egg quality can be affected. So from a TCM point of view, to help improve the egg quality, we focus on kind of nourishing the liver kidney essence or kidney essence. So that, that, that has a lot to do with reproductive function and egg quality. Um, a lot of the herbs that we use that help to nourish the kidney, kidney essence or kidney yin and yang, um, kidney jing, tonics, those are all kind of egg quality improving type of herbs. Super cool. You know, there's so many different things that you need to consider. What, uh, and obviously you, you would work together with your gynecologist or, or your fertility doctor to make sure that everything is, you know, the uterine is good, the fallopian tubes, the male aspect of the fertility also is very important checking the husband or the partner. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, for sure. Um, you mentioned something which, this is one of the reasons why I love Chinese medicine. I just, I feel as though, I feel as though when you go into Western doctors, you know, a Western doctor's office, your emotions are disregarded or oh. they're not really even taken into consideration when it comes to your diagnosis or... No. Yeah. your health imbalance. That's so true. But if I go into my Chinese medicine doctor, it's I feel this deep sense of being seen. Like you can't hide because mm-hmm. this person's looking at you, but they're also looking at, you seem a little stressed these days. Like what's mm-hmm. going on with you? You know, <laughs> you're like, oh. Yeah. 
So can you explain how the emotions are tied into all of this, into the health philosophy, into the treatment? Oh, so I mean, for, I feel like, I, I almost feel like, I think TCM has, and a lot of even Ayurvedic medicine maybe, but the, we've already known the relationship between the spirit and the physical, you know, for such a thousands of years already. So it's just ingrained in the philosophy of Chinese medicine, I feel like is the, we, we call it say Jing Qi Shen, right? Jing is your essence. Qi is your flow of energy, Qi. Shen, Shen is like your spirit, right? So like these three things have to be in balance because they all affect one another. But yeah, so so basically, yeah, I mean the the relationship between your health and your mental, your mental health, your mental spiritual health, and your physical health is just so important in Chinese medicine, um, and that's why the acupuncture also helps hmm. you. I think, yeah. Well, it's so interesting because acupuncture also can affect your emotions. I'm not sure that many people know this, but I, you know, people can give you acupuncture treatment to treat depression or any sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, emotional imbalance, which I find fascinating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Even women who have like um, PMDD, who have really severe like PMS symptoms where they get really depressed around their time period, their period of time, like the acupuncture helps a lot together with the herbal teas too. But yeah, I think, I think the acupuncture helps to relax the nervous system and turn on the parasympathetic response in the body right? Like the rest and relaxation response. So that's effects for the rest of your, your body. Right. So better, you know, when the rest and relaxation turns on, then you have better blood flow to the digestive organs, to the reproductive organs, you know, there's less stress hormones, cortisol running through the body, less inflammation. So it's just overall good for your body. Mm -hmm. Got it. And can you, explain what birth dates like do you ever do you ask your patients when they were born and and what does this tell you about their particular health health issues like the when they were born and the actual date of their birth you know that's a good question i i don't that's not really my specialty (laughs) i don't know if your chinese medicine doctor does you know does that uh, looks at the date of birth but she does consider that as much to be honest okay i've had a few I've had a few who have, and they kind of like take the, and from what I observed, but I don't quite understand it. They yeah. kind of like take the date in which someone was born and then they can kind of generalize on what types of health conditions that person may suffer based on when they were born. And I'm not sure what it's tied to. I have not mm-hmm. yet figured it out, <laughs> you know what? but I find it fascinating. <laughs> That could be like a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> you could ask. I think so. Yeah, that would be an interesting topic, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, not 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 one that I'm familiar with. So for for PCOS, like I feel like Chinese herbs are very complicated. But are there specific herbs that we would know of that you feel like are really great that are part of the treatment generally? Oh, for for you're saying for PCOS specifically. Well, it, I mean, it really depends on the person's um, diagnosis, right? Because within PCOS and TCM, there could be different different um, diagnoses within PCOS, depending on the patient's constitution. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, some PCOS patients have the whole metabolic issues, like the metabolic syndrome, where they have like elevated blood sugar and, you know, or um, high cholesterol, let's say, for example, 
um, then, then we consider them more like, let's say, spleen sheet deficiency with damp stagnation. So then herbal medicine, the specific herbs, you, you, I don't know that you may, you may not necessarily know the Chinese herb that we use for it. Um, but yeah, so that, that would be one way of treating it. So we would use certain formulas, let's say it can be Erchentang or Sujunzutang, like certain formulas that we have that help nurse the spleen chief. And then also if they have like high blood sugar, there's also herbs that help to um, improve the body's uh, sensitivity to insulin that we, they, of, they often use in the, uh, for like people with high blood sugar. So then we use those, those type of herbs. Uh, we might use the hawthorn berries, for example, like the um, hawthorn berries is, it's, it's often used for like high, people with high cholesterol, but it's also really good for digestion. So when you eat like fatty meals or something, um, that's a particular that we may, we may use in their formula, let's say, if they have digestive issues, you know, but then some PCOS patients may have different diagnosis. So they might have like kidney deficiency. So then, then we would give them different types of herbs to help with the, the, that aspect of their health. When you say deficiency, do you mean more like it's not operating all the way or is that the deficiency of chi? We, we say um, it can be the kidney, like kidney essence deficiency or kidney gene deficiency. So in the way that, in the sense that hmm. their, their, their follicle or their egg is not growing properly, um, or they might've had it since they were young, like, especially if they've, if they've had PCOS since they were in their teens, like really early on. And, and also based, we also base it on their blood, their blood results. So um, all these things we take into consideration you know, on their, on their diagnosis. Hmm. Super cool. And from your perspective, I guess, I'm just curious, what, what is your, from your perspective is the best way for Western and Eastern medicine to work together? I think they actually work like we, they were actually work well together, um, especially for fertility. Like you really do have to look at their, um, oftentimes we'll look at their like hormone panel results, right. Their metabolic pan, like metabolic panel, all these things will help us also with the Chinese medicine diagnosis and diagnosis and knowing how to treat them going forward. Um, but we, we do work with a lot of fertility doctors um, or the gynecologists making sure that the herbs and the treatments don't contraindicate what the patient is, what, what, you know, the, what the patient is going through in their fertility journey. So, you know, if they're doing a embryo freezing IVF cycle, like we always want to try to work together with the doc, you know, with the doctor and the patient to optimize their um, fertility treatments. And also like patients, for example, who have gastrointestinal issues or digestive issues, like oftentimes we'll have them do tests to like nutrient panel, like a nutrient test or um, food, sensitivity, food sensitivity tests, or uh, sometimes they'll, you know, check for if they have SIBO or H. pylori or, you know, candida overgrowth of yeast in the body. Like we, we all, um, we, we do like to look at their Western medicine results as well. And that will help us, you know, further optimize their health. Sometimes we'll, we all also combine supplements as well with their, you know, with their treatments. Super cool. Um, last question, I guess, from your perspective, I guess as a practitioner and just as a human being, mm-hmm. what do you, if someone was interested in longevity, what would, what would your top things be to focus on? Longevity? Um, I would say 
Ooh. Longevity, you know, your 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 I feel like your your mental health and your support network, your support group, your community, like all, all these I think are really important for longevity. Um, your diet, you know, trying to eat a diet that's has more unprocessed whole foods, you know, trying to avoid all these processed high sugar, alcohol, caffeine, you know, these things are not good, I would say for longevity. So we focus a lot on the diet, diet aspect, moderate exercise, you know, whether it's Tai Chi, yoga, going for walks, hikes, like spending time in nature. Like those are also really important. I feel for longevity. I think keeping things simple, keeping life simple. Yeah. <laughs> Try doing that in 2021 and see how that works for yes. you. <laughs> I know. Let's, let's hope. Let's hope 2021 is good for all of us. Better. I know, right? Thank you so much, Dr. Lim. This is really informative. I learned a lot. Oh, great. It was, it was great talking with you, Asosa. All right, it would usually be time to take a question from Instagram or email, but we are not taking questions today. Remember, if you would like to have your question answered on the show, all you got to do is send me a DM, slide up in my DMs, or respond to the call for questions on my profile at The Raw Girl, or contact me via my website, therawgirl.com. I hope that today's episode gave you some insights into PCOS and the root causes behind it, as well as some information about Chinese medicine that maybe you've never even known about. I personally loved nerding out and getting a chance to get a deeper understanding of TCM because I swear by it. The first person I ever go to for any health issue is my personal Chinese medicine doctor, and I'm always in awe of how effortlessly my issues are resolved and my body rebalances following acupuncture. Today, I leave you with a quote from our guest, Dr. Florence Lim. All healing must first begin with the heart. The physician must not only have an infinite knowledge of medicine, but also be sensitive to the patient's emotional and spiritual needs so as to facilitate healing on all levels. I hope that if you are experiencing any sort of imbalance that you experience this deep healing on all levels and that you find practitioners to work with that can help you achieve that goal. Well, that's all for today, sis. If you're looking for more health tips or have a question for the show, find me on Instagram at the raw girl. You can also find me and contact me through my website, therawgirl.com. To learn more about our transformational healing programs, visit stayingagelessuniversity.com. And for more on the show or to listen to past episodes, visit stayingagelessshow.com.